Hi, everybody. This is Corey Harrington with Flip Connect. I am your host, and today I am talking to you from beautiful Honolulu, Hawaii. I'm at a really nice Marriott Hotel um, in, the, in the room here. We're going to go over a few things. Uh, this morning, I actually just had a conversation with a person that wanted to sell me one of their real estate holdings, and this is an individual that I had invested I bought a property from them a couple years back. And when I bought that property, I went through a process of assignment of contract on that one. Um, I partnered up with another company that made improvements to that property and then sold that off. It did well. Um, I had uh, a good rapport built up with them and then I went <clears throat> went along my life and just kind of, you know, didn't think much thereafter. I knew they had some other properties that were potentially getting ready for sale in the future, a couple of years coming. And so, um, you know, my, my goal was to check in on them once a year. They reached out to me and they reached out to me and, and said that we, we have a property that is my mother's and she's going through you know, a process now where she she wants to go into an assisted living facility or doesn't want to go, but she's going into an assisted living facility. And then the opportunity arose for me to buy the property. It needs a lot of work. So I looked at the property initially and did my analysis, came up with a figure, a cash figure that would make a lot of sense for us. Um, it would factor in about... Uh, 15% profit margin. It considered uh, the amount of work that we had to go through in terms of, you know, foundation, roof, air conditioning. Uh, there's some asbestos that needed to be remediated, other things like this. And our rough numbers, uh, I have general terms here. I'm looking at my phone and the text that we went back and forth with um, in this scenario you know, we factored in about $50,000 in renovation, about eight, nine months of renovation lead time, because this is 2021. And it is September, October at this time when I looked at the property, it was, it was mid-September, it's October right now. And the supply chain is still limited. There's still a shortage of materials, wood, labor shortages as well. Um, there's a lot of new construction that was held off during the pandemic that is now kicked into full gear and they're big, bigger commercial projects and they have larger budgets and those get the priority. So if you're gonna be working on a single family home versus an apartment building, you're gonna get paid prevailing wage and benefits. You're gonna go with the apartment building versus working um, on a relatively small crew on an individual home. So most of the good quality labor out there are working on those bigger projects, leaving us with a limited opportunity. There's a lot of people that are doing um, fix-ups in their home as opposed to fixing and selling. So there's a lot of maintenance and small repair jobs that are you know, being uh, handled right now from a lot of those crews and makes it difficult for you to hire and retain all the way through a building process one crew, one good crew. So you're going to have to shop around. You're going to have to find certain guys, get them to do this. These guys do that. 
and build up that whole process or build up that whole that whole team and make sure all your processes are lined up correctly that you got the roof guys coming in, you got the, you got the framers coming in before the roofer you got the roofer coming in next you, you know the, AC, the foundation guy obviously first ac guy next powering off in two seconds what the fuck uh oh okay so i was recording but it wasn't actually sorry guys there's gonna be a lapse in recording on this one i'm just gonna go ahead and skip this one for recording Sorry about that. Uh, I'm trying to record these podcasts at the same time, and I'm looking at this 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 uh, camera. And it's a little bit distracting, so now maybe I can get back into a mode. You're not worrying about what I look like or positioning my camera and lighting and everything else. Just talk about the content. So, whew, I feel better already. Now I can sip my coffee, and you guys won't know. Hopefully. At any rate, um, so we so so I had to factor in, you know, a longer time frame for the construction of the project because of limited materials, resources, supply chain limitations, you know, the wood cost and everything through the roof. Not only the cost, but if you have certain materials, certain roofing materials that you need. You have a certain look you're going for, you need to do any kind of special orders or anything like that that would really help increase the value of a home overall. You know, those things uh, will present challenges in terms of availability, price, and time to deliver. On top of that, you have labor limitations. You have guys that are either not working or are working fragmented projects all over the place doing small little project, maybe a patio, maybe a, a bathroom um, remodel, and it's harder to get those guys that want to come and work on a full crew beginning to end and work a project building an entire house out um, in, a, in a restoration and, 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 and run, you know, finding a GC to, to manage that whole thing and keep the workflow going would be, is, is challenging at this point. So it's going to take longer for you to build out. So, you know, I have to factor in the cost that I would purchase the property at. I think this one, my initial numbers were to offer 142.5. The house is worth about 250 renovated. I figured around $50,000 in renovations. I figured that it would take me um, eight or nine months to finish the restoration completely and it would take another month plus for the sale so it would be relatively fast because of limited availability of homes and however this is this would end up being close to a year from now and in our time horizon i'd anticipate that the interest rates would start to climb up fed rate would go up so causing the interest rates to go up on homes making it less affordable which may drive down the price of homes however with a limited availability i don't know it might go up a little might uh flatline i might go through the roof it might you know do exceptionally well it might do really bad i don't know no one knows and so that, those uncertainties you know i can't anticipate any kind of increase in value over this time frame i i would anticipate a decrease in time and value over this time frame because these factors typically would lead to 
a devaluation of the property. So I can't really go up much. I mean, my profit would be within my range of profitability. You know, my goal, my target of 15%, this, this would be within that range because you figure your total costs. Oh, I don't have a calculator on me at the moment, but my total cost, I'd be at 142.5 plus 50. Um, and other little things that I'm not factoring in, let's, let's just round that up to 200,000. Okay, so renovation costs would be 50 plus, purchase price would be 142.5 plus, you know, because we, we will have um, title fees and everything else. Uh, we are a broker, so we're not, you know, there's no commission to pay out on this transaction, and there is no buy, uh, seller's agent. This is direct from the seller of the property, direct to our company, ergo house buyers direct. You know, we prefer to do, do direct transactions. I can give more money to the seller of the property, and I would incur less expense through lack of need for commissions. On the sales side, of course, we will have to sell it, so we'll factor that in. So let's let's go back to our numbers. We have purchase price plus renovations at around nice number of $200,000. We are also going to have commissions, closing costs, and sales. Let's anticipate the house would sell at a best value of $275, most likely $240 to $250 range. But let's say top of the market, everything does great. The market goes up a tad and we have an excellent finish out and we're on budget and on time as scheduled. Then you have a, a $275,000 sell price. We've spent $200,000. We have closing costs of approximately $10,000. That'd be about 4% or so on, on the... Uh, the um, commission to the buyer's agent when we sell retail and 1% for, you know, title fees and so on. So roughly that number, there may be concessions. So we'll say, we'll bring up our total costs, say there's a $10,000 of concessions. Um, they are looking for, um, you know, some windows that we choose not to replace or an air conditioner that is aged but functions and we factored in repairs not replacement they want a brand new ac and they want a home warranty and then the deal is good so we would agree to that uh, we would agree to those terms and give them concessions so now our total cost would be between uh, the 200,000 plus the other 10 for closing and agent fees and then another 10, so that's $220,000. And $220,000 plus our carrying cost. Remember, every single month we're going to be using construction loan with interest on that construction loan, principal interest. We will have taxes and we will have insurance. We will have utilities. These are all costs of goods sold. So those numbers would be approximately $2,000 a month, roughly. And it takes us 10 months to get the house sold total between renovation and sell. And, and so we'll say that's another $20,000. So that's $240,000 are our total cost of goods sold minus 
the 275, the 275,000. So we have a $35,000 profit margin there and a $35,000 profit margin on a $275,000 property. Again, I don't have a calculator on me. That would be, you know, roughly 8%, 10% profit margin. Our goal is 15. So we're still within range on the low side. And that's being optimistic on the sell price. Now, if the sell price is less, if we get less, we can make all kinds of projections. But the, the fact is right now, there's, there's a lot of movement in the market. There's a lot of things going on, and we have to factor that out. So it's relatively unstable in my projections. And so I'm going to build that in. But I would anticipate that we'd have a relatively decent payday if everything went perfectly. Now... I don't anticipate the house to sell at 275. I anticipate the house to sell at 240 to 250. So in reality, my numbers hit probably most likely going to be somewhere in a four, three, four percent profit margin, which is pretty risky. And that wouldn't be a, the best use of your money. You can you can go buy an annuity for eight percent if if there is one, and Eight, 10%, you can, you know, try your hand at the stock market. You can do other things with that money. There's far better risk adjusted returns than to spend 10 months, a lot of your time and effort, because you will be going to that property. You will be analyzing everything. You'll be constantly adjusting for costs and materials and, and, and dealing with logistics and meeting with your contractors making sure insurance is properly covered, make sure the house is not being vandalized or broken into, you, you know, landscaping, upkeep, water. I mean, you're going to have to, you're going to have to manage quite a bit of stuff. And if you don't, you have to hire someone to manage that. And that gets quite expensive too. So one way or the other, your time or your money or both are going to be expend are going to be spent. And you have to decide is a two is a three or 4% profit margin worthwhile. It, it really isn't. So you need to go with a long-term strategy on this one. So if you're to risk, if you're if you're to now, now um, let's 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 be optimistic. Let's be overly optimistic. Let's say that the house did actually sell at 275, as where I'm saying at this value right now is 240 to 250, buying at, at 242.5. The information relayed to me this morning uh, around 5.30 a.m. Hawaii time. Of course, you know, I was up already because I'm on central time, so I have five hours. So it was, you know, uh, there's plenty of time for me to kind of open my eyes and figure this out and look at things. But basically, I was presented with a, uh, I'll, I'll read this to you. And it's great people. You know, I'll, I'll paraphrase some of this, but I won't mention the names. But, um, you know, they're working with me on this. And, you know, we came up with some an arrangement that made sense initially. And they wanted to go out and, and shop around, which I expect. And so here is the email. Let's see. Or the text. 
Wow. Okay. Hope you're enjoying Hawaii. Um, so my husband and I are most interested in selling to you, but we want to know if, if you can get financing without owner finance. Now, to give you a background on this property, in order for this property to make sense for us, we would need to obtain an interest rate lower than what we can achieve at this moment. So we have private equity that fund our deals and we give them a strong return, depends on the structure. We have private lenders and we give them a strong return and it's guaranteed in the sense that it's an interest rate and if we do not perform, we lose the property you know, through foreclosure. And so we would pay them eight to 10% return. For this property to make sense at the price point that I offered them, I actually proposed a cash offer of 142.5. I upped it to 145 um, because there was another sale that uh, prompted me to go up a little bit. However, it was in a different school district, a much a far superior school district. One is like night and day difference. One is exceptional, it's Alamo Heights. The other one is not, it's Northeast Independent School District. So the Alamo Heights house sold down the street, not far from their home. And I added a bit of value over that previous evaluation because of that sale, which was a stronger sale. I think it was, it was, it was marginal. It was, it, I think it was probably, um, $20,000, valuation increase. And then I had to subtract out the fact that they're not in that school district. So I was able to, so it, it netted out to where I can offer a little bit more. You can't just go exactly dollar for dollar because, you know, that's, that's not the way it's, it's going to be factored in, but you do, because the other house was larger, you know, there's different things to consider there, but so price adjusted. It, it enabled me to bump up my value a little bit. I couldn't do much, but I was able to bump it up a little bit. And it was 145 cash. I can do that 145 cash sale and anticipate in the upper projected price that it would sell for of 275 down the road, provided that I, I you know, I got to have to open up the kitchen. I have to do certain things to make, make the house look better. It has to be reconfigured. There's going to be a lot of things I need to do to make that house um, appealing to a mass audience. So it's not just simply put some paint on the walls, fix what's broken and then sell that the house would, it would never reach that price point if I did that. But if I do all the things that I do plan on accomplishing um, and it was a cash purchase and I have higher interest rate that I have to pay because I need to get a construction loan, um, and, and, and I cannot you know, buy and hold this property long-term, that, that strategy would not be available to me at that point, then I have to figure out, okay, what is the highest cash offer that I can go for, which turned out to be 145. They had actually found somebody that's willing to offer 185, 180, according to them. They had a cash buyer willing to pay 180 that was found through a real estate agent. Now the agent's fees are going to be factored in there. So if they're making 180, they're probably really making 165. 
you know, because the agent's going to get a fee. I don't know exactly what the number would be, but I'm going to say that she's going to get a 15 grand fee. Um, 6% is, is, is a bit rich on the price point. Um, she may have an agent that she's working with and she's an agent. So both brokers need to get paid. These assumptions, I'm not going to ask them, you know, what, what the payout and what the structure is. That's their personal information. But I am going to assume that there are expenses that have to be paid out in order for that deal to go through. So her price would be increased up to, you know, let's say, 165. She she would, you know, she'd be able to receive $25,000 more than what I w would have previously offered. Problem with this, big problem with this. It has to be short-term. When you're paying that much money, there you cannot afford, even with a lower interest rate, it becomes less and less viable to carry that debt long-term on, uh, on a rental property. They're most likely a fix and flip business model. To buy the property where we already anticipated at maximum, at minimum, 3% profit return net, at maximum, uh, 8 to 10% profit return. There's pretty minimal, and forgive me if my numbers are off, I'm doing this in the top of my head and I'm not a mathematician. I'm good with numbers, but in a different way. I understand them and I understand how they work in terms of the deals and offerings I put together, but just simple arithmetic, not my strong point. So I think it's about eight to 10% on the top end. That was at my price point of 145. If I offered 180 or what they actually proposed that I would pay 5,000 over their best offer, giving them the best, 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 best offer, you know, uh, then I'd be paying $185,000, $185, I'd have to put $50,000 into repairs. I'd have carrying costs and everything else that we already went through. My exercise, I think I came up with earlier today, was about $267,000. So for $267,000, uh, that would be my total cost of goods sold if I sold it for two seventy-five. dollars that's a pretty skinny deal. That's $8,000 right there. Now, if I made the money exactly in my time frame, exactly in my cost, everything has to be perfect. My margin for error is very, very minimal. The time horizon is out nearly a year into an uncertain market. There's a lot of reasons why I could possibly fail on this deal. This is a deal that under any other circumstances makes zero sense for my business and be far too risky for my investors, myself, and everyone around me to take. It would be great for the seller because they cash out and they go. It doesn't matter if if we if we lose our business, if we if we lose our deal, if we, you know if we lose lose money on the deal, it makes no difference to them because they've already cashed out. To us, it makes all the difference in the world because we're gonna have to recoup. So, wouldn't take that risk. And I'm surprised that anyone else would actually take that risk. But there are internet buyers out there that are using Wall Street valuations that say, okay, as long as we make a very, very small margin on this one house, but we're buying 5,000 houses, the numbers start to look great. And if they have to hold, they have rentals, there's all kinds of protection involved, there's tax advantages, 
there's physical dwellings that can be rented out, the rent rates go up, there's a great need for housing, so on and so forth. It starts to make a lot of sense when you're buying in mass volume. I cannot compete with that mass volume. Private equity companies cannot compete with that mass volume. Wall Street can compete with that mass volume right now, and I'm very concerned about the long-term viability of Wall Street-style investing in single-family homes. So, can't compete with that. Just can't. But, each because each, each individual deal has to, on its own merit, be profitable. And if that's not the case, oh, and it also has to be in a highly efficient market where everything's stable. These stabilities, I don't see. Um, so that's concerning. So I, coming back to the deal, I, uh, they received a, a very, very strong offer that I cannot compete against. I offered the seller financing for long-term strategy. It works great. Um, it, they can make a good return. They're receiving installment payments over a longer period of time. It's both tax beneficial and financially beneficial. They can, um, they, they can have a nice savings account essentially for um, their mother who is in need of a fixed income and safety. So there we are. We are currently at that standstill. I'll, I'll, maybe I'll do, I'll do another podcast on the outcome of this. If it turns out to be nothing and, and the sale doesn't go through, then I probably won't do a podcast on it. But if the sale happens and we're able to keep this asset long term then i will definitely share that but uh this this is a this is a time where you have to decide is it worth taking all that risk for potentially very little to no reward or should you just go ahead and pass in other scenarios i would go ahead and pass if they're willing to allow the seller finance and if I can justify going up in my principal offering to them maybe because uh, I did up my offer to 160 with a long-term note financing if they would allow me 10 years seller financed at 3.75 percent interest I would be willing to go up $25,000 over my max cash offer at that time which was two which was 145. However, I couldn't go to a cash offer of $185,000 and forego seller financing. There's just no profit in the deal. It's far, far too risky. I will be putting my money at risk. I can get much better return elsewhere in, in that scenario. So anyway, I will let you know how this turns out. Um, I will be in contact with them periodically over the following days, let them kind of mull over um, what I had wrote back to them. Um, they're, um, they're, they're good people and uh, they know that I can close a deal. I have closed a deal with them before. It was satisfactory to both sides, win-win scenario. And so hopefully this will be the same. And uh, I look forward to the outcome and I will share with you guys uh, one way or the other other, uh, either through a full podcast or just a little clip on one of my other following podcasts. So stay, stay tuned and we'll see what happens with this deal. If you have any questions, any questions at all, if you want to be on the show, if you have something you like to contribute, please contact me, Corey, C-O-R-Y, at flipconnect.com. 
Corey at flipconnect.com. I'd love to answer your questions. If it's something that we can put into a podcast and do a whole whole show on it, I'd, I'd, I'd be more than happy to put the time and effort into that to provide you your own personalized response via podcast on any questions you may have. This is Corey Harrington signing off for Flip Connect. Thank you for listening and see you next time.